Andre Denford. I'm Hayden Barnes. And welcome to the first episode of Ambitious Anxiety. So we're going to have a chat today. Um, we're going to get Hayden's story. Um, Hayden initially had the idea for the podcast and reached out to me. Um, it was kind of funny. At the time when he reached out, I'd been listening to a fair few podcasts and um, he sort of reached out and said to me, look man, I've been you know thinking about this for a while and really want to get something together where we can create a platform for people like ourselves, young business owners, um, and people that experience some kind of, you know, battle or struggle with mental health on the daily, and people that just have big goals in life and stories, and to be able to get together and, and have a chat and sort of break down those barriers and talk about our successes and failures and, and what works for us. Um, so yeah, we're really looking forward to getting some different people and special guests on. But today, it's all about you, my friend. How are you feeling? <laughs> ah, a bit nervous. Never done anything even along the lines of this, so we'll see how we go. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Pressure makes diamonds, bro. It Pressure does. makes diamonds. Um, all right, so I, I briefly touched on, on what we we're about, but I guess the original idea came from you. So, I mean, tell us what came into your head and, you know, how did it come about? It sort of stemmed from, I'm a fairly introverted sort of person and I don't get out that often to talk to other people about, especially about this sort of stuff. So I just thought if we could make a platform to give to people where they could talk to other people who are in a similar position, because I found with trying to run a business, basically having an ambitious anxiety, it's kind of like you don't really have anyone to talk to or you can listen to a hundred business podcasts, but yeah. if they're not on the same mental state as you, it's a bit hard to... Yeah, with what they're talking about, so that's exactly right. It's kind of hard, you know, especially um, when you when you look around and see, you know, there's there's always lots of little um, lots of little business ventures and and people people trialing stuff, um, you know, like people that are our age, but then there are obviously people that are um, a few steps further ahead mm. with, with bigger brands and labels, and exactly. you don't you don't always get to hear them talk about their story mm. and and what they're doing, and I mean. We are the up and coming generation, and we've got things to do. We've got we've got goals to achieve. So I, th I think this is a great idea. I think this is really really going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that's 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 how it came about. Um, for you, I guess when did you when did you first know that you wanted to be your own boss? Oh, since I was about ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never been able to take direction very well. Even at school, I was. Um, yeah, if I didn't have an interest in it, that just was uh, <laughs> the all and all for me, so. I feel you on that. Yeah, so it started from there, but even when, like, around 14, when everyone starts to go and get part-time jobs at Maccas and all that sort of stuff, I just didn't have the urge whatsoever to go yeah. and do that. So I just decided to do something completely different, and yeah. I actually started building bikes to make my money when I was that age, because I just yeah, couldn't well, think anything worse than going and working for, like, an hourly rate, so I just thought, what yeah. can I do myself to just... Yeah kind of get out there, make a bit of money and not have to work for someone else. Yeah, that's mad. What kind of bikes were you doing? Just like pushies or? Yeah, just push bikes. And yeah. I started, I just noticed around probably the 2010 or 2009, 10 mark where, do you know fixed gear bicycles? Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard of them. Yeah, yeah those yeah. ones. Yeah. They started to get real popular and I just kind of, I was like, that's just essentially a road bike with some different parts and shit. Yeah. So I went and picked one up for next to nothing, put some parts on it, put it on eBay, and ended up selling for like four times what I paid for it. So I was like, there you go. this might work. There you go. Yeah. Very good. Um, so that was, yeah, my next question was going to be, what was your first ever job? And did you did you love and hate it? Yeah, I actually really love doing that because I get a lot of, um, it's almost therapeutic for me to be making something or working on yeah. something. That's a bit of an escape for me. So it was like I was getting an escape at a young age while also making a little bit of money for myself, so it was great. 100% man, that's awesome. I know you did um, you did timber at school. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I did, I did timber as well, I did, both did woodwork. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Like my, um, <laughs> yeah. my granddad is, is, has been really good. Um, he's like done lots of timber and woodworking for like pretty much his whole life and he, he passed that sort of down onto my old man who's very like hands-on and crafty yeah. and I guess I sort of took that on but as well and I really meant Timber was one of my favourite subjects yeah. um, we got to go and make some, some really really cool stuff yeah, exactly. so that was good I think those as well like having those outlets like those subjects mm. for, um, for for kids in school is really important yeah. as well because like you said man like 
I, I, I was uh, I'd struggle to stay stay focused. Yeah, and, concentration um, just not there for in it. class. Yeah, <laughs> no, and, <laughs> then, and then you end up becoming a bit of a fucking rat bag, yeah. and then yeah. you're always in and out of in and out of the, the principal's office and in trouble and stuff. And your parents are like, "What the fuck's going on? Yeah. You know, like, what's wrong with you?" Um, all right, so in that, um, what was your first sort of? So okay, you finish you finish school. Um, and then what was your first business venture? Well, straight out of school, I went into a carpentry apprenticeship and like after a couple of months, I was like, this isn't really for me sort of thing. I just, I don't know, it didn't really gel with me. So I just started to think, what else can I do with my time? But at the same time, because I had come from school and we had those creative outlets like woodwork and visual arts and stuff, once they disappeared, I noticed that I needed something to like, work on that was going to get that creative side of my brain yeah. going so yeah. i came up with the idea for one kind in 2013 and then me and my brother started that and the initial idea for that was just i couldn't find any clothes to fit right yeah basically i literally yeah. like everywhere especially yeah. back then there was there was yeah. nothing there was like asos or general pants and yeah there was yeah i'd go there and nothing would fit how i wanted it to fit so i ended up altering everything that i wore yeah and then i just thought why don't i just start making stuff yeah <laughs> so because you're touching on that you're one of the big boys like yeah, very into your training, like mm. like with your brother and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I totally get that, man. Like I would just end up wearing, like I, I sort of got into the, the tight-fitted stuff for a yeah. while, but then, yeah, just got real over it. And then mm. I guess from a, from a fashion point of view, um, you're a bit more sort of driven and, and, and hooked on that side. Whereas mm. like, like now for me, like, it's nice and mm. I enjoy it and I'm, I'm interested in it but never before like you know, I'd, I'd just wear like you know uh, an oversized shirt yeah. or something like that yeah. but um and then I remember I remember buying my first first one kind shirt and man you guys you guys killed it yeah <laughs> that was like that one t-shirt got I remember I just I remember the first time I even tried it on because I measured everything by hand literally had no idea what the fuck I was doing yeah. I just got like a t-shirt that I had like sewn together and I got out with my measuring tape and was like, oh, I'll adjust this here, do this here, sense it off to get made and I got the first sample back and I put it on and I was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And yeah, it went from there, it was, yeah. it was good. Um, so, and like, how did you go about, like, I don't know, let's let's touch on like sales for that. Um, Cause when, when was that, 2013? I started 2013, but we didn't yeah. really get any traction until about 2016, just because yeah. I honestly had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I barely did any research, just kind of winged the whole entire yeah. thing up until that point. And then, yeah. yeah, 2016 was when we released those t-shirts. Yeah. And it kind of caught me off guard, because again, it was just like a fun thing on the side for me to do. Mm. And then all these sales started to flood in with very little marketing, and I was like, well, I kind of have to run it like a business yeah. now. So yeah. I was kind of chasing my own tail with that. So the, like, just then and there, what you said, the idea came in 2013 and you didn't actually get product release until three years later. We did product releases, but nothing to that equivalent. There was like, like friends and family sales, like okay. that sort of thing. Yes, yeah. like yeah. small scale, like 10 units here, 20 units there, that yeah. sort of thing. But we yeah. didn't really run it like a business until 2016 okay. when it started right. to go well. And I'm just trying to think, yeah, Instagram was around in 2016, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are we now? 20. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was my whole perception of like <laughs> everything like years and stuff has just been absolutely fried yeah. lately because of coming back from Europe and then just coming off from holidays. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell me, so you, and then, and then to start to market that and how did you, and how did you build one kind from it, there after you started to grab traction? When we started to get traction, I just thought, um, I started to look into a bit of marketing because I had heard about like Facebook, Instagram marketing and that sort of thing, but I didn't really know what the fuck it was or what was yeah. going on or anything. But then I got, I did my first like Instagram um, ad run with just a one single photo. Yeah. And off that one photo, I think I paid like nothing. It was like $35 at that mm. point. Back in 2016, that would cost you nothing to do Instagram marketing. Yeah. I paid yeah. like $35 and off that, there was just, it was on a, like a Thursday night I did that and I woke up on the Friday to like all of these sales and yeah. it's like, this is yeah. working well. And then, yeah, we started to go from there and then I just um, had a look at a couple of other brands, what they were doing and they were doing influencer marketing. So I started to, started to dabble in Instagram influencer marketing, but yeah, I never really got too into that side of thing just because it was 
an unbelievable cost, sort of. Yeah, it's a yeah. very, very big cost. Even now, it's like... Oh, it's ridiculous yeah. now, man. Some of the, like, I'm only just starting to tap into that sort of, like, not market, but that, that whole other world where, like, you know, promoting products yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um, look, it's not something that I'd say that I was dying to do, mm. but um, looking at it from an athlete perspective, it's becoming really helpful. Yeah, it's I was thinking about yeah. that today. Like, for example, just having some kind of help and support from like food for fitness yeah. and and wrapped and and stuff like that. But you don't really realize how that's marketing mm -hmm. and that's that's business in our like through our generation yeah. at the moment and and what's going on is is all through that there. Um, and the kind of money even for um, these influencers yeah, it's that they're that they're doing like I think I was I was having a chat with a mate the other day and he gets paid like at least I think it's like at least a, a grand for yeah. like an hour shoot for yeah. some of the brands that's you insane know, yeah some of the costs I get but it also depends what your brand structure is like like a smaller brand like we were at the time it didn't really make any sense for us because it was like do we put that money into influencer marketing or do we stick with kind of what we know with like the email and the um, mm. Instagram Facebook marketing but if you're a bigger brand mm. or if say if you're in the fitness industry it's also a lot more it's mm. a lot better in the fitness industry because athletes like people are very personal with athletes yeah. over like just the real yeah. guy off Instagram you know yeah. what I mean so yeah, it, all, it all depends on what your structure is like yeah and but going going back to your and I mean you had such a you had, you had a niche you had, yeah. you had this group of um males that were into the gym that looked a certain way yeah. that when they went out couldn't exactly find a nice fitting yeah. you know product that was the goal because that was literally just what I said because I kept going again I kept going out and like sewing the sleeves cutting the bottom cutting the neck doing this and that and the other to the t-shirts and I was like surely there's going to be other people like me with the same struggle yeah so then when I came up with that one silhouette it was like gods for people who were looking yeah. for it and then yeah yeah Mate, I, I remember and then obviously I, i'm a couple of years younger than you but so i wasn't really going out um until like a, a few years after you but there was a point in time where probably you couldn't go out in the shire and not see someone yeah. wearing one yeah. of their shirts that was a, that was actually a massive moment the first time i saw someone out with yeah. my t-shirt on was, yeah and it was funny because we went to the argyle and uh yeah. They had a real strict dress, dress code that night and yeah. we were walking in and this bloke was walking out and he goes, I just got sent, you're not going to get in like a t-shirt sort of thing and I yeah. got in and then as I was walking in there were two other blokes with a one kind t-shirt and I was wow. like, if you're getting in the dress code in my t-shirt, that's like, that's a that's, good scene. That's sick, yeah. that's when you know you, you've hit yeah. the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. That must have, that must have been a pretty, pretty sick moment for you as a... Yeah, that, I reckon that was, that was up there because you feel like... It's good, like when you know what you're getting sales, it's like it's good, but you don't see it. When you see it out on someone who's like mm. bought off you and that's mm. something you've made, it's like it's a huge milestone every time you see it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, that's, that's really awesome. Um, so when you, going back to the, the creation of one kind, who were the, who were the main people that supported you? Um, my family was very, very supportive. They from everyone from my cousins to my grandparents to my parents to my brother who was also he was in the business with me yep. everyone was extremely supportive and all my friends at the time they were also very very supportive and yep. I actually had heaps of support I was overwhelmed I didn't even think I had that many friends to yeah. be honest because I had yeah. I had people like referring to their friends and then yeah. they buy it was like there were so many word of mouth sales from people who were close to me and that helped so yeah. much it was great yeah. Yeah. it really was I, I still it was crazy it was just like like wildfire yeah um Touching on that, you were you were working at the time. Yeah, full time. You, when you were, yeah. what were you doing? Air conditioning. So that was in the air conditioning. Was yeah. that, were you still doing an apprenticeship at the, that time? No, I was just a tradesman. So I had just finished my apprenticeship. Right. And I was just because I so I was pretty busy. There, so you were, would have been doing what? Fifty hour weeks. Oh, more. I was doing. I was usually working from eight till three, four sort of thing. Yeah. In summer, sometimes longer hours, obviously because it's air yeah, conditioning longer hours. But um, yeah. yeah, then I'd, I'd literally come home, I'd train, and then I'd do three, four hours every night, and then I'd wake up nice and early and get an hour of working before yeah. work as well, client emails and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So life was pretty intense at that point, but yeah. it wasn't until 
2017 was a huge year for us, but mm -hmm. I had everything kind of under control at that point and I was going pretty well with that. And then had a couple of hiccups here and there in 2017 with manufacturers and just all that sort of stuff. And then, um, yeah, 2017 was great. And then towards the back end of 2017, we had a huge mishap with, you know, about the first jeans that we released. Yeah. They were good, but the manufacturer was like 12 weeks late on those. So yeah, right. we were supposed to release those just before summer. They came at the very end of summer. Yeah. They ended up selling out in like nine days, which was unbelievable. But then that left me with having to change manufacturers whilst keeping the exact same jeans. And yeah, it sold out in nine days. So I was like months behind at that point. Yeah. And yeah, the, basically the momentum just went down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And I guess like how does, in, in regards to our location here in Australia or Sydney and manufacturers, how would that compare to a, say America, for example? It's absolutely fucking horrible. Yeah. Like trying to run a brand out of Australia is a nightmare yeah. because shipping costs are unbelievably high. Yeah. Finding good manufacturers nearby is next to impossible because most Australian manufacturers, they want to work with like big established brands. Yeah. They won't you, they usually won't touch a smaller brand like that, or if they do, the cost is unbelievably high. Mm -hmm. There's places like Bali and um, our Vietnam stuff there, but they have really good manufacturers, but again, they're usually run by Australians, and the cost, if you're a small brand, is very, very high. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really make sense. So you kind of have to take the gamble and go to China, or yeah, yeah you could do research. And then you're looking at, yeah, um, I mean, because I've started to look into it myself about getting some some basic merch done for mm -hmm. like for my clients um like some hoodies or, or training shirts or something like that and a lot of the people that i've that i've spoken to that have done done that sort of stuff have um experienced a lot of those yeah, things like delays and, and troubles with manufacturers like there was actually one of the other trainers that i'm with um just got in a whole a whole new set of booty bands mm -hmm. um and they look awesome but they're too big exactly so he's got this whole order that you know they've stuffed up on the other end mm. which he's been waiting months for and now they're next to useless yeah we had a couple of products where i sent over my specific measurements they made the samples i tick off the samples and then you get like 150 pieces that are the wrong size yeah it's like what do you do with that do, do you go do with yeah that? do you go in and sell that um to your clients or do you hold it or that's what I mean when you're trying to when you're trying to maintain a um, you know a brand mm. with, with such high quality yeah. standards where you had sellouts you've had people you know glowing reviews mm. you as a, as a business person and as the you know the head of the brand don't want to shovel that shit exactly right yeah, yeah. If, something, if something isn't up to scratch you just kind of got to absorb that cost and then yeah. come up with something different but then you're Two, three months behind you absorb that cost and then that's when things start to get a bit bit hard <laughs> and i think that's one of the harder things about being an up-and-coming sort of like a, an entrepreneur or someone a, a small business owner i mean especially in retail right like you go to the shops and you go to general pants or something and, and you'll see a lot of these clothing items have defects yeah and stuff exactly. like that and you know because they're bigger companies mm. and, and corporations they can get away with it yeah right because they've just got stupid flow of, of income um but when you're at this at this scale you can't sacrifice yeah, exactly. that sort of stuff yeah one bad um, one bad review can almost be the downfall because then one good review will get you five six more people on board who are return customers and one bad review will take five or six away that's, and that's, that's that's exactly right it's, yeah it's then one step forward two steps exactly. back it all adds up which which you can't you can't afford 100 mm. percent um in regards to the all right let, let's talk about the the launch so you've put all this all this work in all this time this effort you've had a, 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 some small distribution to family and friends say release for the first major release, were you scared? I wasn't scared to be honest because I didn't know what the fuck was gonna happen. <laughs> I, yeah. just, I had ordered a couple of hundred t-shirts in and I was just like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. It was the middle of summer, I wasn't, I was busy, I wasn't unbelievably bothered about it and I also didn't think that it was gonna grow into a, a properly established business. I just thought I was gonna do a couple of friends and family sales, I'll see how this goes. Yeah. 
it wasn't until it started to sell that I was like, fuck, all right, well, we have to kind of- We can do something. I need to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I need to read some books and yeah. I need to learn. Yeah. That's what it was. So I was playing catch-ups for a long time, but yeah, I learned mostly just from failures. <laughs> well, I think I think that's the best way. To yeah, be 100%. I'm a big, a big advocate myself for, you know, experience is the best teacher. Yeah, 100%. Um, in, in, in all aspects of life. All right, so stemming off that then, what would you say has been your scariest moment in, in business? Scariest moment? Um, there's been a couple where uh, I'm being on the brink of failure. It's pretty terrifying to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that came in about, I think it was 2018. We had, after the hiccup with the jeans, we had a couple of other sim very similar problems, which all were literally one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I had just moved out and I was trying to Remove, like change all our stock mm. and everything was just mm. all over the shop at that point. So how old were you when you, was this when you first moved out? Yeah. How old were you when you first moved out? Uh, 20, just turned 23. Just turned 23. Yeah, so about three years ago now. So you're 23, just moved out of home. You're working as a, a tradesman doing air conditioning and you've got this business that's taking up a lot of time. And now I know um, because we've spoken personally, um, what were some of the sacrifices that came with that? I know some of them personally, but for you, what were a couple of the biggest things that you ended up sacrificing? Uh, everything at one point, to be honest. Yeah. My mental health and physical health, pretty much everything around the 2018 mark when everything started to go downhill and I was getting busier at the same time. I just genuinely didn't have enough time for everything. So yeah. I kind of just went with, I was like, all right, I just need to work. I just need to get it done. That, yeah. was, that was the end of the day sort of thing. So I was doing about two hours of work before work. Then I'd do a full day. I'd get home. I'd have another coffee. Yeah. And then I'd work from about 3.30, 4 o'clock through to I went to sleep. Yeah. And there was no, I lost, I was about 94 kilos at the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. And then by mid-2018, I was about 73 Fuck. So I lost pretty much everything. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I was like, I was like how I looked when I was sixteen, all over again, just in yeah. that space of time. Yeah. And because of wow. that as well, my mental health went so down the toilet that I started to get sick, and yeah, everything was a big mess. Yeah. Basically, that's 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 pretty intense, man. Yeah, it was. I think, um, like for you and as well. So you you've competed. In, yeah, done, yeah. Done I, I competed. Show. When was that? What year was that? Twenty thirteen and fourteen. I did. One show 2013, um, the IMBA teams yep. came first in that, and then went on the next year was the national show. I did the national show, came second, and then I did the IFBB show in Queensland and came seventh out of, out of about 80 people in that. Yeah, that's pretty good, man, considering yeah. your natty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got, you got killer genetics, bro. Yeah. I respect that. That's hectic. Um, and so like for us, we both share that hobby of bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's really good to see that you've started to get back into the gym now. Yeah. And you've, you're at this point now where you kind of realize that, um, that, that health and fitness aspect has such a, a key tie oh, it's in with mental health. Especially um, for me, I just, um, cause when my, I've had basically had anxiety and depression a lot of the time my whole life, but when the depression got so bad in school, um, I was really, really bad at that point. I was yeah. finding it hard to get out of bed, finding it hard to go to school, all that sort of thing. That went on for about two or three years. And then the change was I started to go to the gym. Literally, yeah. I just started to go to the gym. Even I sometimes went at like lunch times just to avoid being around people because at yeah. that point I just, I couldn't bring myself to be around people. But as soon as I started to get serious about the gym, that was like almost when my life started. Mm. That's what I felt. Because mm. it like, it, brought me out of this horrible dark place that I was in for so long and it gave me something to really work towards and that's what my focus was mm. for years and years because that just made me feel good. Every day I had something to look forward to and it made me yeah. feel good. Yeah, 100%. Man. That's why like, if, if I could, ideally, that's why I've, I've just enjoyed this break so much yeah. because I can just roll out of bed, just cruise, have my coffee, roll into the gym. Like, I mean, in an ideal world, if I could, I'd love to train at like yeah. 6 a.m. every morning. That'd yeah. be my dream time. but. Obviously, with clients, mm. I have to I have to work around that. But man, I'm, I still I do I actually do I prioritize it and I will train 
I'll, I'll do cardio before clients and then I'll make sure that I do my weights before 12 o'clock. Mm. Otherwise, up here, I'm yeah, just doesn't work. Fucked. Literally I, doesn't work. I, I have the exact yeah. same thing. If I have like, but now especially because I had all that time off like unintentionally, but my mental health went down the toilet. It's not, I haven't found myself properly until a couple of months ago, but now yeah. if I have more than two, three days off the gym, I notice, I notice it in my brain before mm. anything. Mm. My brain starts to... It's like, even me, man, on a rest day, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm like, I'm, I have to I'm do like, something. I'm like, yeah. I'm itching, man, yeah. like, you know, even, and then it's like, you know, like, oh, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll go into the gym and I'll do cardio, but then it's like, oh, you see the weights there, yeah, and you're exactly. like, fuck, I'd really yeah. love to, you know, throw you around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds weird, but it's true, man. Yeah, it is. A lot of people will know what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of want to touch on that a bit more. I think, like, for my industry especially, um, there's just such a huge, a huge relation between um, not just the gym but fitness and like and anything that related that has such a a key tie-in with a clear head, mental health, um, and like like I posted, you know, the other day, you know, speaking about the gym as my home and other people there as my people and it's just such a such an amazing environment yeah when you find the right place yeah i think at a time and then we won't stem into the fitness industry that's yeah. that's, a whole other, that's a whole other fucking episode yeah. but some of the things and cultures that can be created are, are just honestly amazing and the transformations that you can see and mm. um the conversations that i get to have with yeah. people on the daily about you know like Hardly ever do I see people walk through the doors at my gym and not have a smile on their face. Yeah, exactly and you right. can tell that, that everyone everyone has a struggle, you know, and everyone, nine times out of ten, everyone that's walking through those doors is just like you and I. It's their escape mm-hmm. and it's their, it's their pursuit of a higher self yeah. and an improved um, version of their self on, on the daily. Um, and I think, you know, Bodybuilding is tie, ties in with that and it yeah. definitely correlates, but it's a whole another box of frogs. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's, it's a whole nother level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, that's, a, that's another story. So, all right, next thing I wanted to ask you, probably the hardest question, what is your why? Ooh, um, I have something that I tell myself all the time and that's, I have a goal what, what is in my head and might not be everyone else's, but it's, I want to be the ultimate human being. Yeah. Which is... I like that. Yeah, I just, every now and again, I just I want to be the ultimate human being. That for, that, for me, is being mentally strong, being physically fit, being on top of everything, having enough time for, like, every, having enough time for your family time, having time for your friends, but also achieving all of your business goals, basically doing everything that you possibly can in a calm manner. Yeah. That's what, that's what my why is. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that this is something that I'm, I'm setting up to do a, a, a little project, a little talk um, at a new gym. And one of the things is going to be it's about goal setting. Um, and I plan to ask, um, pardon me, I, I plan to pull a few heads out and, and, you know, ask people, put them on the spot and say, what's your why? You know, because one of the one of the key things that I was sort of taught um, when I was starting to become in my early years of a personal trainer, and something that helped me a lot mm-hmm. as a, as a person and as an individual, is that you know there are a lot of lost souls out there. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you can you can sort of tell. You can look at them yeah. and you go, "This bloke's got no idea what he wants." Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, and that's why I think having a why. And having a purpose is the most important thing to define oneself. Hundred percent. Um, it takes a while to find it, though. I think. hundred percent. It's completely individual. It might, you might, you might be seventy-five years old and find your why. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just trial and error until you do. And then, but then when you do find it, it's like, well, I'm yeah, going to work towards that's, that. And that's the new, that's the unique thing about it. I think there are there are definitely a few ways that you can you can push towards finding oh, your, your why like you know I have a couple of questions that I sort of ask people and that's like you know what do you want to achieve what do you enjoy mm. what motivates you what drives you is it money is it relationships is it um, you know travel things like that 
and then once you start to ask people these questions, you see that their brains start to click, yeah. and they're starting to think, and they're like, oh, you know, like I, I would, I'd really like to go and, um, you know, live in America, or I'd really like to go. And, not that you'd want to do that at the moment, yeah. <laughs> that, that place yeah. is fucked. <laughs> but you know, stuff like that, and it starts to starts to spark some lights. Mm. And um, I think for me personally, when it comes to my role as a personal trainer. And, you know, I take it very seriously and for me to not only create a relationship with the client, but to get a successful result, I have to tap in. Yeah, and I have to, it's, it's a lot of it is mind games and this is what separates the good PTs from the bad PTs and then again from the great PTs, is to be able to tap in and really get them thinking and ask them and then see what kind of goals they have and then from there measure and see if you can push them further than mm. that. Um, like, you know, I've got a guy that I train at the moment who's just lost 20 kilos. Yeah. And he's one of the first things that, so when I when I first start training a client, I'll sit down and we'll do a little goal session and we talk about things that we want to achieve. And I still remember, and I remember this, every time I go to train him, one of his goals was he wants to join the army. Mm. All right, and so every time I train this guy, I'm just thinking about you know what what am I going to do, and it's like brain training for me and brain training for him to get him into this headspace and this mentality of something that you know he can do. Mm. So yeah, clear, that, clear goal setting is the most important thing I think. If you if you don't have a clear goal, you have nothing to work towards. I think you, you start the goal, yeah, you start the goal, and then you work backwards of how you're going to do it. I, you don't have that I didn't even start one step further. I started the dream. Yeah, 100%. Pick the dream, yeah. find the dream, and yeah. then it's a dream supported by goals. Exactly right. In the way, you know, like, and that's 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 the hectic thing mm-hmm. about it, is that, and then, you know, and then you go one step further, and it's like, it's not actually about the destination, but it's about the journey. Exactly. And all those things that come from that. Right, moving on. For you, what are some of the future, um, so, Finalizing on what happened, um, wrap us up with what happened with One Kind. So One Kind was definitely your first initial uh, business success, yes. and and um, what where did that wrap up? Um, it started as I said, it started to go downhill. Twenty eighteen, we had a lot of manufacturing issues, and then basically lost pretty much all momentum that we did have. Mm-hmm. And then um, because I was so busy, I started to seek outside help at that point from just um, people here, people there, that sort of thing, kind of didn't do enough research and then they were like telling me things that I should do. I listened to them and all that sort of stuff, but then what they were telling me to do could have been right for someone else's brand, but not for mine. And then I started to listen to them do that. I changed all my product. I did this, I did that. Like basically did everything they told me to do because they were very successful in their industries and stuff. And then basically launched that did absolutely nothing. It mm-hmm. was like crickets, basically. Yeah. And then tried one last time to just build from scratch and then um, went all right. But then by that time, I feel like we are kind of riding a trend for a while as well because mm-hmm. after I launched that show, a couple of other brands emerged out of nowhere, started to do similar sort of products, that sort of thing. But then the trend started to die and then it just became and that's the thing with fashion, exactly right? right? It doesn't last long. Yeah. It's got a very delicate time frame of yeah. which you can't really guess, can yeah. you? No. If I, I if I could give any advice to people who are starting a fashion label, it would be to not ever write a trend. Yeah. <laughs> make a brand that's versatile yeah. or make a brand that's a niche that's gonna last basically. Yeah. Make something classic, timeless, yeah. that sort of thing. So yeah, basically we lost all of that and then um, yes, basically we went from up here to down here really, really fast, literally a matter of months. Mm-hmm. That took a huge toll on me. Obviously, I'm still trying to work through it and get over it. But then, yeah. um, but you did the right thing in saying that you saw that that had a toll on you and your mental health yeah. and everything else. So you said, right, I'm going to fuck that off. It was good for what it was. Yeah. You've taken a step back and you're in the rebuilding phase now, yeah. which leads me to ask you, what are the future business ventures that are coming up? Well, last late last year, I started a... Um, like a luxury sportswear brand sort of thing. It had an amazing launch, heaps of support, basically sold out sold out everything that we came with. But that was kind of a really bad time because me being an idiot decided to launch a, a brand mid-COVID. Yeah. And it was right. being it was being manufactured at um, where a lot of designer brands get their stuff manufactured. And then because that is over in China, they 
up to their shipping prices. So mm. basically the product was already costing me a ton because mm. the quality was unbelievable. Mm. And then the shipping cost went up and up to almost, it ended up the shipping cost per item ended up almost being the production cost per item. So it was mm. like an unbelievable amount. So, yeah. but that was a good little tester for what came afterwards because- mm. So was this, was this Savard? Savard, yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, what's, what stemmed from that was the idea of Blanks, which is my new venture. Yeah. And what came from that was, again, Australia, because of where we are, we don't really have many, we don't have anything basically for, for, for fashion. We don't have any real options, it's, especially now. It's very, very basic, man. And something yeah. that um, I only really noticed when I came back, like mm. over, over, in, over in Europe, like not that I'm huge, not that I was huge on fashion um, there, but obviously they have access to every stupid amount, yeah. stupid amount. And there's options too. And, and there's, there's options as well. Mm. And then when you come back here, it's like, we, we don't have much, like obviously, yeah, there's ASOS and, and Boohoo now, mm. sort of, but it's just, even then, like it's very limited mm. um, and restricted. So I think being being someone in your position, there's, there's a lot that, that can be done, um, which is exciting. Yeah, very. I don't want to touch too much on the details on until I launch, but yeah. basically, we had, I was having a hiccup and I needed to solve a problem. And then um, my fiance actually was like, why don't we just solve that problem? And I was like, never really thought of it like that. Why don't we yeah. do that? And then yeah. we've kind of stemmed from there. So we've just been yeah. doing product testing for the last couple of months. We found an amazing manufacturer whose the quality is unbelievable. Yeah. Like I've washed and done, I've basically abused this shirt for weeks and weeks and weeks yeah. and it's still holding up perfectly right. So nice. it's ideal. So that's, Going to be launching, I think about April is when, just as it starts to get cold, because we're going to be launching um, about ten products straight off the bat. See what's, how that goes. And that's so that's blanks. That's blanks. What's the Instagram for that? So uh, blanks, blanks, but it's B L A N C C E. Yeah. And that's also under my personal page. Right. So you'll find that under Hayden's um, Instagram, which is Hayden Barnes. Cool. Yeah. Beautiful. So that that's under that, but um. Yeah, very, very excited about that launch because I can see this is something that's not, I'm not really riding a trend, I'm solving a problem and I think it's something that's going to have a lot of longevity. So very, very excited about that. I like it, yeah. I like it. Um, I guess we sort of we sort of touched on it a little bit, um, like about you personally, there's, there's bodybuilding we touched on, but what are some of your other passions and hobbies? Cars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed yeah. with cars, which is, yeah. it's also, it's pretty hard for me being obsessed with cars because they're expensive and I have, <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of other goals to pay for. Yeah. So it's either like, yeah. do I buy this car or do I? Yeah. Yeah. I, I buy and sell cars on the side as well. Yeah. Every now and again, I'll do that. But um, yeah, cars is a big one for me. I love yeah. cars, bodybuilding. Um, What's your dream car? Oh, Porsche 911. But the, yeah. the, the one that no one wants from the 90s. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a real, I've got a real weird yeah. taste in a lot of things. You got a, this is a, that's what I love. You've got a real vintage sort of taste. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, pretty much everything I like is not really what everyone else likes, but that's that's and me. That's what I'm sticking to. That's fucking unique, man. Yeah. We're we're not we're not sheep here. Yeah, yeah I'm not sheep. Nah. Yeah, like um, obviously, I, like I I listen to a lot of um a lot of Andy Frazella. Yeah, and and you know you do too. We we, we shoot his podcast back and forth, and he loves cars. Yeah, uh, he's, he's all about it, and I think I, I love his sort of mentality towards it as well. Mm. It's like, you know. I want to be that guy that's like busted my absolute balls yeah. in my you know early twenties. So man, come to my mid thirties, I'm driving that fucking exactly that Lamborghini right. or yeah. that you know that Audi fucking R8, and those mm. people are looking you know because it it turned Ted's yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a fucking good feeling. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, that's I like that. I like that. Um, we touched on it briefly. Um, sort of jumping a bit back and forth and around here, but so you, you touched on your experiences with, with mental health. Um, I want to jump back there for a sec. Um, when did it start for you? Um, well, I think I've had anxiety since I was like a small child, but I think when it really became like relevant to me that I had something wasn't right upstairs was when I would have been 14 to 16 years old. When I was 14, I just I started to get some, like a bit of depression, but I didn't, I couldn't identify it at that point. I just yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, what I feel like this, that sort of thing. And that, it stems from a lot of um, like external factors, which yeah, it's a bit, 
uh, to talk about, but mm, yeah, I had a bit of um, bit of bullying here and there and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, just it was pretty it was a pretty hard time at school, and then um, so yeah, that was three years of pretty pretty. That's the worst I've had. I'm sure those those three years were very very tough for me, and then um, I kind of pulled myself out of that. Um, Sixteen years old, and then. 17, 18, I started to, again, I found the gym, that was my, mm-hmm. that was my outlet, and then I kind of, I was very good for a while, and then anxiety started to play a real big part in my life, it's kind of stemmed from the competing, because I, I mm-hmm. tend to put a lot of pressure on myself in nearly all oh, situations. Man, I feel that, yeah. but you know, people, I think, we're, we're very much the same in mm-hmm. that we're, we're, we're perfectionists. Oh, um, um, yeah, everything I do has to be. Yeah, we're our, our own biggest critics. Yeah, um, definitely. It's it's a blessing and a curse, a hundred and ten percent. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. So for you, what was your was there a point that was like your darkest sort of point? Um, like what what was it, and how did you come away from that? Um, oh, I remember specifically there was one night when I was about fifteen, and I was just in I was basically just crying in my bedroom, <laughs> just crying in my bedroom and I just didn't want to, I didn't really want to be there anymore and then um, it was just, it was literally like a switch, like a switch went off in my brain and I was like, I'm not letting other people win, like this is, mm. like again that was me being competitive and I was like, I almost turned it into a competition with myself and I was like, I'm not, I'm not letting other people and I'm not letting my brain win so like I'm going to snap out of this sort of thing but that was, that I think that was probably one of the darkest times of my life. It had been a couple of years ago when one time was kind of down the toilet and I'm working my ass off, and that was also a very dark time. But um, yeah, those were the, those were the two big turning points. But I've no, I, I never really get past that point. I, I kind of try to identify when I'm in my really dark places, and then I kind of try to snap myself out of it and go, all right, time to bring yourself out of yeah. this, whatever it takes. Yeah. Do just take a step back, just focus on yourself, yeah. all that sort of thing. But yeah, had some, had some battles. Mm. I think that that's, that's one of the hardest things to do, man, is to um, first recognize and yeah. establish that you are in that position. Yeah. And I've had a lot of, a lot of ups and downs with, with mental health mm. and it, it doesn't end. It, no, you know, 100%. I'll, I have recently just been through some shit. Um, and you know it's like it's very it's very hard and it's a very fragile environment but this is why it's so important to talk about it yeah and there is in in my opinion look yes okay there are some some right and wrongs and some black and whites but in my personal opinion we're all learning okay and everyone and everyone's different but some of the things that i'd like to say to a lot of people are you know, the fact that you, one, were able to establish that you were feeling that way and recognize that you were feeling that way is such a big step. And, you know, to anyone out there that is sort of going through that, that is the first step. And if you are going through that, and if you are doing that, then, you know, give yourself a pat on the back because that's the first step. And then to do what you did and and then pull yourself out of that by, and, and however it is that you do it, you know, if it's taking a step back, if it's going for a drive, if it's catching up with a mate, like for me, it used to be catching up with a mate just yeah. for a fucking cigarette, exactly. just to chat about shit and just, you know, get it off your chest. And that was one of the hardest things for me is when I went away and took myself away from that environment and those those safety nets, I had to find new ways mm. to um, to pull myself out because I'd recognize it. And, you know, sometimes it's a lot um, harder to do than it than it's spoken about yeah. is to actually pull yourself out of that that sort of that hole. Um, so yeah, in, in, in regards to that, like it was a, a lot a lot of that came from health and fitness and um, like what else did you do that helped you pull yourself out and get you get you back on track? Well I think and what like what do you continue to do now if you if you start to feel yourself heading down that track? Yeah, I think the, the mistake I made the first time that I got the depression, the reason why it lasted so long was I didn't tell anyone. I mm. Obviously, back when you were 14, 15, 16 years old, and back then it was, no one even knew what it was sort of thing, so 
I think I'd be, I didn't tell anyone about it until I was about 19, 20 years old. So I kept that to myself and mm. pulled myself out of that sort of thing, which I think made me stronger. But if I had my time over, just fucking talk to someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to talk to yeah. someone every time. But now, because obviously I've got a great fiance, she listens to yeah. all my shit all the time. She, yeah. she helps me a lot. But every time I'm in a dark place now, the first thing I do after I identify it is I talk to someone about it. Yeah. It just makes you feel better. Even if they don't have a solution for you, just talking to someone, getting it off your chest, it makes you feel 100% better. But mm. yeah, it depends what it is. If it's, uh, if I have depression for a little bit, it's it's that, it's talking to, to people that really get me out of it. But if yeah. I'm going through um, anxiety, which is like four out of seven days a week for me, <laughs> which will be sometimes seven days a week, that is just a constant work in progress. <clears throat> constant is, work in progress. Is, I think work, working on yourself, is a massive part of it like just doing the small things that make you feel good rather than the things that don't yeah. like say if you're feeling stressed and anxious a lot of people will be like oh, i'm just gonna go have a drink and i've done that in the past and that <coughs> makes it a hundred times worse in my yeah. opinion so what i do is i try to i try to put that aside i'll go to the gym i'll go for a walk i'll eat well that makes me feel good that yeah. makes me feel myself again and then i can i can bring yeah. myself out of it eventually yeah. no I, I get that man i get that like even um, and, and it's, you look at, you look at the term leveling up and improving mm. as a person and as a human being and for you and like your why becoming that, that ultimate human. Um, and it's about, you know, like I, I, I mentioned this on the better project with Nick and it's about, you know, identifying those people who are in your circle that give a fuck and that can help exactly you. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, but it's also, and, and this is something for me that has happened so much in the past six months is just how much my circle has changed yeah, same. and it's just, it's, it's so incredible. And some people will know, mm. some people won't know at all. Some people have had the same circle for years. Yeah. Some people won't leave that circle. Like even, you know, for me, it, it's like, um, Two mates were, were heading up to just go go grab a pub feed and, and go to the pokies, but I, and they asked me if I was going to come. I said no, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't like spending money on the pokies. Exactly. Like you know, I, I, I work too hard for that shit. Yeah. I can't even fathom putting like twenty bucks in the pokies and losing it. And yeah. I know that when I go and do that and then I come home, I know that I've you know lost money and it, it just makes me feel yeah, shit. Exactly right. So. And sometimes it's hard, you know, because I, I love these guys, yeah. they're my mates, you know, I want to go and spend time yeah. with them, but is it really something that's going to be putting me in the right direction? Exactly right. No, it's yeah. not. So it's something that I have to bite the bullet and say, look, I'm just going to stay home, mm. you know, and, and just and just chill. Yeah. And for me, that's, that's definitely something that's um, been a big work on and yeah. has been hard to do. Um, and I think that's one of my... One of my biggest um, recommendations, I'll, I'll jump over to yours to, to wrap it up in a second, but for my recommendation to anyone that's looking to grow and to level up is you really need to take a close look mm. at your circle, who the fuck's in it, why the fuck are they in it, and what are they you know, doing for you. Yeah. Um, and you need to be fucking relentless yeah. in regards to who's in, who's out, and you know what, don't over justify if you've got a gut feeling that they don't, they don't, you know, and th this doesn't mean that if they're not in your close circle that you're not still mates, yeah. you know, they might take it that way, but you know, that's not the way that it is, mm -hmm. not for me at least. You're a hundred percent a product of your environment. That's I think, exactly I think right. That, like I wouldn't be the person I am today without the people in my life, especially like my parents and stuff. They're a massive part of my life and they're what, why, who I am today as a person. So I think you gotta, yeah, you do really have to watch who's in your inner circle because people will bring you down and they'll lift you up and it's up to you to decide who you want to be around. That's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. So like the final thing that I guess I want to know from you is what would be, um, all right, if you were to say three points of advice that you would give someone that is looking to start their own their own business in general, where they are selling a product? Um, you are the brand. Trust your gut feeling. Don't, don't seek too much external advice. Obviously seek advice and take advice and take everything on board, but at the end of the day, make your own decisions because 
people have opinions, people have different things that are work for them, but you need to find what works for you. And they, like research and failures is the only way that you're gonna to get to that finish line because you need to establish your own brand. Don't look at anyone else's brands. That's mm. a massive one. Do not look mm. at anyone else's brands because if you're basing yours off someone else's, they're not gonna buy yours because they're just gonna buy that other person. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. Like you can't, you, you just need to basically create individuality with yourself and your brand. Yeah. Like hundred percent. Um, like, don't get me wrong on that. Would you recommend like, you know, if there's a good brand that is doing good things for obvious good reasons, take some of that pull and, and apply pull, it. Yeah, pull motivation and pull yeah. very small aspects of it. Yeah. But if you're yeah. pulling if, straight designs or if you're having yeah. the same content yeah. and that sort of thing, then you're not. You still want your fucking originality. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. That's what you need. Um, oh, another two points. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeez, look after yourself, 100%. That's a massive yeah. one. Do not let the brands, obviously it's going to take over your life and that's going to become your life, but don't let it take over your mental health. Mm -hmm. You need to have time for yourself. That's unbelievably important. Otherwise you'll burn out. And when you burn out, you make bad decisions. And when you make bad decisions, things go to shit. It's yeah. that simple. Um, yeah, they're the two main ones really. I just, yeah. not sure what else. Yeah. No, man, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. That's fucked. We've covered a lot. Um, is there anything, anything else that you wanted to, to add? I think that's that's a pretty good, yeah, pretty good start. I think it's a pretty good yeah. start. I don't believe it there. Very nice, very nice. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it and got something out of it. Um, feedback, please. We yes, need, we want, we like. Um, I think so. In the next next coming weeks, we're gonna do a little role reversal. Yeah. Um, we're gonna flip the switch, and I'm gonna have a bit of a yarn about you know Hayden's gonna grill me, yep. and, and get in and pick some pick some brains. Um, but yeah, for my my socials, I'm at disco underscore Drew, and Hayden's Hayden dot Barnes. That's my personal, and then obviously blanks as we mentioned. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope some of you got something out of it. We would really appreciate it if you could share the podcast on your socials. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode.